You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your host, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. But diamonds are a girl's best friend. But square cut or pear shape, these rocks don't lose their shape. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Hey, Hollywood, you know Diamonds are a rock band's best friend? Uh, That's what I've heard. That's some expensive diamonds. They are very expensive diamonds. And in this episode of the Grown Up Rock Podcast, we are going to be talking all about Diamonds certified rock albums. That is an age of albums that we will never see again at least not for rock and roll bands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you'll see them again, but you're right. It won't be rock and roll bands. That that won't happen. Uh, it'll, it'll continue to be pop bands like Adele just had one and Taylor Swift to have another one. But yeah, rock, forget about that. That's not going to happen again. Yeah, and I, I eventually think, you know, unless they start including streaming songs and all this other shit, you know, I don't know how they keep track of it, but... Diamond certified albums are albums that have sold 10 million copies. That to me is just staggering. Even when albums were selling a whole bunch, that's just a ridiculous stat. And there are quite a few uh, what we would consider rock and roll bands, maybe not in the genre of hard rock and metal, but we would definitely consider them rock and roll bands over the years that have sold 10 million plus records. And we're going to go down the list and discuss all those tonight, right? Yeah, this data is not easy to find. So depending on how you surf the net, there's some that believe there's only 92 of them. There's some that believe there's like 110. Then it keeps changing because they are trying to figure out how to count streams. They're trying to count reissues. They go back and add like the BMG and the Columbia House stuff. So finally I was like, all right, let me get all the stuff together that I see and come up with about the best that I think might be the most accurate and stick with that one. So we landed on, there's 121 of them, but 50 of them are basically like guitar rock. And then the other 71 aren't. Yeah. So, well, you know, we'll get into all that as we get into this episode, but before we get into all that, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. All right. So just like Samantha said, go subscribe to our podcast. It makes it real easy for you. It just comes automatically every time we release a new episode, which is every week around Sunday, we'll release a new episode and it just comes directly to you. So if you're a new listener and just getting into us, 
hit that subscribe button. It doesn't cost you a dime. It just comes automatically to you. And then you can always go and leave us a review on iTunes, leave us a review at Google Play, and leave us a review at our favorite platform, which is Podchaser. Podchaser makes it real easy. You can leave individual episode reviews, and uh, we appreciate it. And we get all that feedback. So you know what time it is. It's time to crank it up. Crank me up. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right. On tonight's Crank It Up Spotlight, we are featuring the new one by The End Machine. You know who this band is there, Sonny Boy? Yeah, it's basically Lynch Mob, isn't it? Uh, I think it's basically Dokken is the way you would look <laughs> at it because it's Pilsen, Mick Brown, George Lynch, and then they've got Robert Mason uh, on vocals. So why would you call that Dokken? That's three-fourths of Lynch Mob. Yeah, it's three-fourths of Dokken, three-fourths of Lynch Mob. That's true. I forgot Robert Mason was a singer in Lynch Mob. So yeah, any way you slice it. Anyway, whether it's Dokken or whether it's Lynch Mob, I think we like both of those bands, right? That is correct. All right. Well, we're going to feature a new song here. It's the kickoff track to the album. Check out Leap of Faith.
Yeah, there is no doubt that Robert Mason is a rock star. He sounds great. Yeah, and the band reminds me a little bit more of like the Pilsen George Lynch project that they did uh, several years back. I like it. I think it's good. I'll spend more time with this record. At the time of spending this, the record just came out. So, you know, I'll spend a little bit more time and we'll see where it ends up at the end of the year. See if it makes a list or if it falls off. Lots of competition out there this year. So uh, we'll definitely check that out. But uh, hey, let's talk about diamonds. All right. So it's time to get into this week's topic. Sonny, before we talk about these uh, diamond certified albums, I think it is extremely, extremely important to point out that the Grown Up Rock podcast is at this point in time, triple quadruple diamond zirconian podcast. Yeah, uh, let's see. So 10 listens is diamond zirconia. So would you say we're triple quadruple? Yep. So that's uh, 12 times 10. So I've got 120 listens. That is perfect math, my friend. We have 120 listens, and that's all our episodes combined. So, you know, you have to certify that. And that's, to me, that's podcast gold. I mean, that is absolute beauty right there in full effect. 120 listeners all over the world listen to our combined, uh, what, like 90 episodes combined. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, holy shit, you can't beat that. Nobody can touch us at this point in time. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Trunk. I mean, come on. Come on. That guy's got nothing on us. He's not Diamond, so he can't talk shit. <laughs> exactly. Cubic Zarconian, baby. That's right. Wow. <laughs> 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 All right, that's enough of that shit. Let's get into this discussion. So we got the list in front of us, and uh, we're just going to kind of go down this list. Sonny and I split up the list. We're going to go down the list. We'll tell you what the current numbers are, which we'll go through the current numbers. We'll talk about whether we have the records or not in our collection. Uh, it, it's important to point out, we're going to play a few tunes along the way. It's important to point out that all this isn't, you know, hard rock and metal. Obviously there's a lot of just, you know, rock and roll records, rock and roll artists, uh, along the way. So, uh, you want to start it or you want me to start it? Uh, you're starting, you're following the list, right? I will start it. Yeah. We'll give you the rank and I'm not even going to talk about the year because I think the year is a little bit funky on this list is the year considering what year it actually went diamond no that's the year of release okay yeah so i don't know how much i trust some of this stuff so i'm gonna just go with the rank and the current numbers of sales and we'll go that way as we skip through the ranks like i said if if we go from 121 to 119 it's because 120 was some pop piece of shit that we didn't consider rock and roll that was in the list so so to kick off my list at ranking 121 is led zeppelin led zeppelin box set and it is 10 times platinum and if you were explaining this correctly to me, Sonny, 
they considered that this is a four disc box set. So each one of the discs could have sold maybe uh, three million, and that's why it would be uh, diamond certified. Is that correct? So it sold two and a half million copies, but since it has four discs, it counts as ten million. There you go. So it's a diamond certified 10 million selling box set. And I did have this at one point in time, but I think I've offloaded it since and picked up the newest remastered stuff for all the Zeppelin records. How about you? Uh, This is the only Zeppelin I own. I don't have any other Zeppelin records except for this box set. Zeppelin is back. Digitally remastered. Jimmy Page has returned to the studio and digitally remastered all the classic tracks from Led Zeppelin. The greatest rock and roll band ever. This boxed set is available now at your local music store on CDs or cassettes. And now, Time Warner offers you an exclusive two-CD version of the Led Zeppelin remasters through this limited TV offer. It's 26 songs, more than two hours of classic rock and roll, and it's available now over the phone for four easy payments. Call this number and get Led Zeppelin as you've never heard them before. And it's not available in any store. And if you order now, you'll also get this free 30-minute interview with Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, and John Paul Jones. It was really uh, seduced by rock and roll at an early age, that's for sure. We first played together in a small room in Gerrard Street. The element of risk was the great thing about it. Call now to get this exclusive TV offer. Two remastered CDs or cassettes, plus the free interviews delivered to your home. This offer won't last long, so write this number down and call now. There you go. All right, on to number 120. Number 120 is The Smashing Pumpkins, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. And that is a two-disc set. And that is 10 million diamonds certified. So I do own that. I have probably half of it that I like and the other half I don't really care that much about. I uh, don't own it. Never been a big fan. The only song I know is 1979. Surprised as hell this is on the list, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm I'm not because it had two or three big hits off this record. And, you know, I do like a lot of pumpkin stuff. I don't like it all, but I do like quite a bit of it. So, again, I have it. Next up, we go from 120 to 117 uh, because whatever's in between there, we didn't consider rock and roll. And at 117 is The Doors, The Best of the Doors, which is a two-disc set. I own that, and that's the only Doors that I own. 
Yeah, I own this too. Uh, I own all the doors. I, I own everything the doors have ever released. Wow. Yeah, so I'm actually, I would say I'm just above casual fan. Like, I don't know it like I know Kiss. Yeah. But I enjoy it. I, I got to be in a mood, though. It's kind of like, I don't, you know, I've never really done a drug, but it seems like I got to be on an acid trip to really enjoy it a little more. But uh, So I got to be like in a kind of a funky mood to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm actually on an acid trip now, and I do like the doors. I like it when I'm tripping. I'm just kidding for those family members that are listening relax take a chill pill <laughs> no uh you know i'm surprised that you do like the doors that's a band that surprises me because they're definitely an acquired taste i have a lot of respect and it took me a long time to get into them and i'll be honest it was actually the doors movie which i know a lot of people hated but i actually enjoyed the doors movie with oliver stone uh, that actually opened the door to a lot of the music for me. So I kind of went and discovered a lot of the music through that movie. I dig it, you know, but definitely, definitely you have to be in a particular mood yeah. uh, to get into some of that music for sure. It was Billy Idol for me, L.A. Woman. Yeah. When he when he released that, I was like, what is that? And they go, oh, yeah. that's not one of his songs. And, then, and I like the movie too. So yeah, uh, yeah that's kind of what got me into it. Uh, next up at 109, so we go from 117 to 109, we have Chris Sinzak's favorite band, Nickelback, All the Right Reasons. I guess the little icon next to that includes some of that being downloads and streams, correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, and All the Right Reasons, is. do you know if that's the first Nickelback record? Was that a debut record? No. No. Okay. I think this is like three or four in. Is this the one with You Remind Me? It's got to be. Uh, it's got Photograph and Rockstar. I think You Remind Me is the one before that one. Oh, it is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of surprising. Uh, then that's a little bit of a surprise. I would have thought the one with uh, You Remind Me would have been the one that was platinum. But Nickelback. So somebody likes Nickelback, Zach. I don't know what your problem is. I like it. Yeah, I have the record. I saw them live once, like in 2010. I think yep. at the Conquer Pavilion, boring as hell. <laughs> and I, after that, I don't think I've heard one Nickelback song after that show. It's been nine years. I, I talked about, I think I saw them the year before last. I think they played one of the venues I was working at, but I like Nickelback. I don't have a problem with Nickelback. I mean, I, I really don't get the hate. I like the heavier stuff. I don't like the ballads, but uh, they're very clean. They're very precise. So if that's what people don't like, I get it. Uh, but their records sound good to me. Like sonically, the recording of their records sound heavy and sound really good to me. Are they my favorite band? No, but I don't mind Nickelback's heavy tunes. And I have this Nickelback record and I play the heavy stuff on it, but they're not in my regular rotation, but that's okay. So there you go. Up next, we go from 109 to 104 with rock and roll great Bob Seeger and the Silver Bullet Band Greatest Hits. You a Seeger fan at all? Uh, yeah, just the hits. I mean, I have this album, classic, right? Yeah. So, because this, I think it has night moves and all that stuff. Yeah. Like there were some Seeger songs and some movies. That's probably where I kind of picked it up from. Yeah, I'll be honest. I've never been a huge Seeger fan. I respect him. I know a lot of musicians respect the guy. I think I probably got 
burned out on some of his stuff on classic rock radio back in the day. Uh, so I've just never been a Seeger fan. I don't even own any Bob Seeger. So there you go. Just not my bag. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So how about you? How about uh, you go down the list a little bit for us? 104 was Bob Seeger. What you got next? All right. So Green Day's Dookie is 103. So this was the album they had when I come around. Uh-huh. And uh, when that single dropped is kind of when the album took off. And uh, it actually got to number two on the Billboard. The, the only thing that passed it was Garth Brooks. Released in 94, so 10 million albums. I, Green Day, eh, I don't know. I, I know the song when I come around, but I don't know any of these other singles that are listed, so I guess I'm not that much into Green Day. Yeah, I didn't like them when they first came out. It's a band I discovered later on, probably around the... Maybe before American, is it American Idiot? Yeah. That's yeah. the the big record. I think I discovered them before then. I mean, I knew who they were, but I didn't really get any of the records until much later. Then I went and I got Dookie and I went and got some of the back catalog. And there's a lot of stuff that I like. Uh, so yes, I own this record. All right. So ranked number 98. Huh, God damn this band. So released in 87, was number one for some goddamn reason for nine weeks in a row, had two number one singles, and I own none of their stuff and refuse to buy anything by them. Goddamn you to the Joshua Tree. All right. Are you done ranting about that? Can't stand you two. Are are you going to give stats on any of these bands? Like, are you going to say what they sold in terms of how many they sold? Ten million. They're certified diamond. I don't. Yeah. Why do I got to keep saying ten million like you are? Ten well, million. Because, ten million. The, ten million. Ten million. The numbers go up and the numbers change as we go through. Uh, then I will say the numbers when they change. You do you, boo. Oh my god, what an asshole. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, I like you too. Uh, I got all the stuff. They're a little bit of a uh, douchebaggery type band, or they've become more of a douchebaggery type band, but I like the material. I don't like it all, but I like a lot of it, and I have the Joshua Tree uh, because I think there's a lot of good material on there, so yeah, own it. All right, next up, stop talking about stupid U2. Next up, rank 94, Van Halen's 1984. Four singles, great videos, jump hit number one. It was there, I think, their sixth studio album, right? Their sixth studio album. So check this out. They got to number two on the Billboard 200 because they ran into the buzzsaw that was 37 weeks in a row of Thriller. Yeah. And couldn't get past it. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That, that was a stopper for a lot of bands back in that day. You know, in terms of Van Halen records, there are several that I would rank in front of 84. But 84... It's a classic Van Halen record. Not much you can say about it. Of course, I own it. So there you go. Just happy they're on there. I didn't know Michael McDonald wrote uh, I'll Wait. I had no idea. Yeah, sure yeah. did. No no clue. Yeah. Um, oh, <laughs> I forgot I when I was looking up something. So Thriller drops from the number one spot, and Van Halen 84 still stayed at number two because Footloose toppled it. <laughs> the original Footloose. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. All right, rank number 92, 1983's Eliminator by ZZ Top. So 
this is the album that had Give Me All Your Lovin', Sharp Dressed Man, Legs. You know, they were MTV darlings for a while. They had a hell of a time because it only got to number nine of the Billboard chart because they were fighting against like sports, Heartbeat City, Footloose, Can't Slow Down, Rebel Yell, Purple Rain. There's no way you're going to beat those. But there's some great songs on this album. Yeah, absolutely. And this was kind of a really, you know, this album with coupled with MTV really sort of reinvented the band. I mean, the band had been around for years and been successful for years before this Eliminator record. And with the Eliminator record, their sound changed a little bit. You know, MTV gave them sort of a persona. Uh, along with everything. And uh, it, to me, it sort of reinvented the band, but great band, great record. Yeah. And I mean, the videos were perfect for the 14 year old. That was me. And just like you said, so they've been around, they released their first album in 71. Yep. They had three gold albums, one platinum album, and then bam, a diamond album. Like it just MTV was it. Right. So, so there's some great songs on this one, but we're going to pick a nice wholesome song that, uh, you know, the PMRC wouldn't have any problem with. And if you want to go check out the lyrics, go check out the lyrics. But it's a nice song called I Got the Six. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I love that we're playing ZZ Top on this podcast. It's kind of nice with this episode, we're going to get into maybe some stuff that wouldn't normally make the podcast, which I enjoy. And, you know, still guitar driven, still rock and roll. And uh, I think that's cool. And I like ZZ Top. I don't own Eliminator, actually. What I did is created my own greatest hits package so i went to all the zz top records and then just downloaded the songs that i liked off of each record so uh i just have you know probably 40 or 50 songs from zz top that i really like a lot uh there are plenty off of eliminator that came to my uh my library so awesome yeah all right next one rank number 90 again released in 83 january of 83 Def Leppard's Pyromania. So the, obviously it had photograph, Rock of Ages, Foolin'. It ran into the same buzzsaw that was Thriller and Flashdance, so it never got past number two. And I forgot, technically Pete Willis was still in this band, so he did a lot of the rhythm guitar tracks. Yeah, early on. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's true. To a lot of America, this was the debut record from Def Leppard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they really hadn't heard of them before this record, but man, what a record. Uh, this was so huge in my my high school years, just a huge record and and very instrumental in catapulting me into hard rock and metal for sure. Uh, high school years? I said 83, dude, not 73. Oh, yeah, piss off. <laughs> I was in high school in 83. <laughs> I had no idea. Thomas Dolby played keyboards on it. I had no idea. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. And this year they go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I pray, I just pray that Pete Willis gets on stage with them. That would be awesome. (laughs) All right, so you're up. All right, so that brings us to 1981 and ranked it 89, REO Speedwagon's High Infidelity. This is a record, you know, I own this record, first of all. But this is a record that I can remember calling the radio station and requesting Don't Let Them Go be played. So I I like this record quite a bit. It's a really great record from Mario Speedwagon. How about you? Yeah, I don't own it. I only know the hits. There must have been an Mario Speedwagon greatest hits I must have got at some point. Yeah. You know, I like REO Speedwagon. They're not in my everyday catalog, but I respect them. They've been going strong for a lot of years, and they've written a lot of really good tunes. So, uh, And they've been, you know, they can rock when they need to. Yeah, I like REO Speedwagon. And that brings us to this little gem. At number 88, 1978, the debut album by a little old band from Pasadena, California called Van Halen. Good God. Why is this thing not quadruple diamond? I mean, holy shit. If if you're a self-respecting rock and roll fan, you must own Van Halen's debut album. There's just no way around it. So groundbreaking. Still sounds amazing to this day, in my opinion. Can't say anything else about this record. Everybody knows my feelings about Van Halen. So, There's only one reason it didn't sell 40 million copies. Oh, let me guess, because it didn't have Hagar on it? That's exactly correct. Oh, my God. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of mafia people thinking about putting a hit out on you at this point in time. <laughs> but, you it's know, a classic like, album. Classic. Yeah, classic. Unbelievably classic. All right, uh, that goes from 88 to 86. 
So we skip over one. 1976, Doobie Brothers, Best of the Doobie Brothers. Uh, that is Diamond Certified, and I own this record. How about you? Uh, this is the only Doobies uh, album I own, yep. and I can imagine why. I mean, China Grove, Long Train Running, Taking It to the Streets. I mean, a- listen to the music. Anything that you know about the Doobie Brothers is on this damn album. Yeah. Now, here's a question for you. Let's see if you know the answer to this. Um, what does the record at 86 and the record at 88, besides being both uh, diamond-selling records, what do they have in common? They're both on Warner Brothers. What else do they have in common? Uh, what else do they have in common? Uh, Doobie Brothers and Van Halen? I don't know. Both produced by Ted Templeman. Oh, okay, okay. There's no reason for me to own each individual Doobie Brother record, but I definitely own the best of, and I love the stuff with Michael McDonald. I really love the stuff with Michael McDonald, so cool. On to number 85, and this is a classic, 1976, Credence Clearwater Revival, Chronicle Volume 1. Do you own this one? Uh, I love CCR. John Fogarty's voice, loved it. Loved yep. it solo, loved Centerfield. I don't own everything by Credence, but I have the greatest hits. Yeah. I do own this one as well, The Chronicle. Uh, I don't have individual records. I have this. And I think you'll find from a lot of these bands, that's kind of a reoccurring theme for me. I just don't necessarily like them enough to own each individual record. But I've either got a greatest hits that I think encompasses all their tunes, or I went and created my own greatest hits and went to each uh, album and took the stuff that I liked from that record. So it's all good. Love CCR. And now we get from 85 to 78 in 1991, the rock and roll killers themselves, or at least that's what a lot of people think. Nirvana's Nevermind. Uh, I'm actually surprised this hasn't sold more than Diamond, to be honest, but it's uh, it's slated at Diamond. I own it. I like quite a bit of uh, Nirvana stuff, so uh, it is what it is. I'm guessing you were never a fan. Don't own it. Never got it. Never will get it. I saw it on MTV. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. You know, I worked for a retailer at the time. Music and movies was part of my department's. Could not believe the way it was selling. Uh, what are the hell are people doing? And yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah, I knew. Uh, I mean, from your standpoint, it doesn't have a great singer and it doesn't have uh, a great guitar player. So that kind of leaves it in no man's land for you. Uh, so I completely understand why you don't dig it. I dug it because I think that I identified with some of the melodies. I thought some of the melodies in Cobain's writing uh, were really good, and I have a feeling that maybe, uh, judging from the Foo Fighters stuff, that uh, Dave Grohl may have may have had a hand in writing some of those melodies because uh, there's a lot of stuff with Foo Fighters that that's exactly why I like it. So it is what it is. All right, so for number sixty eight, we got Kid Rock's "Devil Without a Cause," sold eleven million copies. I. I I, just, I, I didn't get it at first. To be honest, I did not get it at first. I have a new appreciation ever since I've heard Kenny Olsen talk 
And now that I understand it's not just like rap, that it's actually a little more rock probably than it is rap, I listen to it a little bit more. I got it, and I got it from the get-go. I was sold on this record, and I must have seen the Kid Rock band on this tour three or four times early on because they were playing clubs. I mean, I saw them in a small club twice, and it was each time it was a little bit more packed. So it was pretty packed the first time. It was really packed the second time. And you could just see the growth in the band. And they were so good live. I mean, the entire band. I'm not just talking about Kid Rock. I'm talking about the entire band. They were awesome. So I got it from the get-go. I understood why. And they worked really, really hard. I mean, they were touring forever on this record. So... Yeah, awesome. Awesome record. I got it. Yeah. Number 66 is uh, Eagles Greatest Hits Volume 2, and uh, the Eagles are all over this diamond list, so we'll talk about them later too, but the Greatest Hits Volume 2 was released in 82, and I mean, what can you say? Hotel California, Heartache Tonight, Life in the Fast Lane, I Can't Tell You Why, New Kid in Town, The Long Run. I mean, vocally, I'll tell you between the four singers, I actually like Timothy B. Schmidt the best. And then it goes Henley, Fry, Walsh for me. How about you with those four singers? Oh, uh, no, I'm definitely a Henley guy. I, I really like Henley. I like, I like Henley and Fry a lot. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm a huge Eagles fan. You should go watch that documentary if you've never seen it, The History of the Eagles. It's a really, really, really good documentary. It's long as hell. It's about three and a half hours, but it's super good. And... You know, the Eagles are one of those bands that just has so much material. They have the guitar-driven rock and roll songs, and they have the ballads that just are really easy to listen to earlier in the morning. And I just think they're an amazing band uh, with amazing, talented players, all of them. Uh, in fact, I, I would like to uh, play something off this uh, Greatest Hits Volume 2, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's go for it. All right. Here's a guitar-driven track that I dig. How about a little Victim of Love? <laughs>
So that's a great song. Now, one of the things I did not realize about the Eagles until I started looking into it, they've got seven studio albums, but 10 compilations. That's a little ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, they're, they've got a lot of material, you know, so, and it's all the greatest hits. I mean, they've got a couple other records, I think on this, on this list, on this diamonds list, but a lot of their yeah. records on here are greatest hits records. Yep. All right, so next, number 65, released in 1980, Aerosmith's Greatest Hits, and it sold 11 million copies. I'm a hits Aerosmith fan. I'm not really a deep Aerosmith guy. I think I have this Greatest Hits, and I have probably Pump and maybe one other album. Um, But, you know, this one had Dream On, Same Old Song and Dance, Sweet Emotion, Walk This Way, Back in the Saddle. I mean, it's got everything, so it doesn't surprise me it sold 11 million copies. And it charted three times, so because it kept getting re-released, so it charted at number fifty-three and eighty, then it charted at number one hundred and fifty-four and eighty-seven, and then it charted number forty-three in twenty thirteen. So it keeps getting re-released, and it's still a classic. All right, so next one, number sixty-three, nineteen seventy-three's "Houses of the Holy" by Zeppelin, and similar to the Eagles, Zeppelin's got a bunch of albums on uh, the Diamond list. This was their fifth studio album. Uh, it was number one on Billboard 200 for two weeks. I'm more of a Zeppelin guy than I am a Beatles guy. We'll talk about the Beatles in a little bit. Two singles were over over the hills and far away, which got to 51, and Dire Maker, which got to 20. So, um, you know, it's a classic, right? Absolutely. I own it. It's fantastic. Yeah. 
Next one's number 62, and it's a Beatles record. So from 1967, Sgt. Pepper, Lonely Hearts Club Band. I just don't get, I, I don't really understand the Beatles, I guess. There's some stuff I like, like Eight Days a Week and Revolution, and then there's some stuff I just absolutely do not understand. Uh, but this one had, uh, with a little help from my friends and Lucy in the Sky of Diamonds, so it had some, you know, obviously huge hits. I don't think this was a movie, right? This wasn't one of the movies, was it? Yeah, that uh, it was, uh, yeah, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Man with uh, Peter Frampton. Oh. It had Peter Frampton in it, it had Aerosmith, and it had the Bee Gees in it. Yeah, see, I don't know any of that crap. I just, I, I can't, I just, I just can't listen to them for long periods of time. My kids absolutely love them. I don't know why. Dude, I love the Beatles. I, <laughs> I'm a little bit surprised that you would be a Doors fan and not a Beatles fan. That really surprises me because with the massive amounts of melody and harmonies and you know, just recording different instruments and recording techniques. I, I just don't understand. That's why you can't ever pinpoint what a person really likes. You know, you either connect with it or you don't. Uh, and certainly you're not the only person that doesn't like the Beatles, but Beatles for me, definitely a win-win situation. Love, love the Beatles grown to love them over the years all right so you got some here yeah so going from 62 to 61 is a record that if you'd asked me a million times i would have never guessed this record was uh 11 million in and that's lincoln park hybrid theory i know it was a successful record this is a band that i never really got I just never really liked Linkin Park. I know some of the songs. I know the hits. I've tried to listen to some of the stuff before. It just never connected with me. I don't own it. I don't think I own any Linkin Park, to be honest. I own this album because somebody told me they were from the Bay Area, right? So I'm like, oh, I guess I should go check them out. I want my twelve ninety nine back. <laughs> I don't get it either. <laughs> So that's all I'm going to say about that one. Then we go from one record to another record that I would have never guessed was in the uh, Diamond Club. But we go from 61 to 59, and we talk about Creed, Human Clay, 11 million records sold. Never would have guessed that. Again, I know it's a record that was successful, but I do think I have a song by Creed. Uh, it's one of the heavier ones. I can't remember which one it is. It's not the, I don't think it's the singles and I don't think it's a ballad, but I don't own this record. Uh, so yeah, that's about all I can say about that. Uh, yeah, I was surprised it's on here too. And I don't own this record. Uh, Scott Stapp, right? Scott is that Strapp what or Stapp. Stapp. Yeah. I, he's got a good voice. I remember listening, hearing it on the radio. Uh, it was a little draggy, though, right? The, the music dragged a little I bit. I think the more successful guy in the band is uh, Tremonti, right? Oh, right, right. Mark Tremonti's in that band, yeah. right? You know, he's gone on to do quite a few things. Alter Bridge and Tremonti and some other things, I think. Okay, so we go from that to 56. So 59 to 56 for the Beatles 1 which I'm assuming this is one of those greatest hits records that came out. 
I don't own that particular one, pardon the pun, but probably have several songs that are on it. So there you go. Yeah, I own it just because the kids, otherwise I wouldn't own it at all. So there you go. From one greatest hits to the next greatest hits from 56 to 54. And we have the dirty version of the Beatles at the time. I think they were touted as the bad boys of rock and roll, the British bad boys of rock and roll and the Rolling Stones with hot rocks, 64 to 71. 12 million so we've stepped it up a notch this is a two disc set so maybe each one sold you know six million copies i don't have this particular one but i know i have several songs off of it the only rolling stones i own yeah is this one this is it i ended up getting the rolling stones uh, i guess it's called Gur. It's got the gorilla on the cover it's like a three disc set with yeah. with a bunch of great songs on it uh, so I have that one. Then I have other like songs that I took from some of the records, but I got a ton of Rolling Stones stuff. I like the Rolling Stones. Yeah, this is the only one I own. Everything else is like, you know, a song here, song there, download from iTunes. Side conversation. Did you ever, have you ever watched that Rolling Stones? Uh, I think it's called Crossfire Hurricane. No. Go watch that documentary because you like rock documentaries. Yeah, yeah. So if you get a chance, it's on Netflix or uh, Amazon, one of the two. I think it's Netflix, but go check it out. It's called Crossfire Hurricane, and it's a really, really good documentary. I thought it was going to be more of a concert thing, but it's actually more of a documentary, and there's some great footage in that documentary. They even have footage of like Mick Jagger, you know, much earlier years, but uh, Mick Jagger's doing like Coke out of a spoon. I mean, it's crazy footage, like <laughs> all kinds of shit, you know, like they didn't give a shit back then. Uh, so it's got some really, really cool, good footage. Uh, so Rolling Stones at 54, we go to 53 to yet another greatest hits. Tom Petty and the Heartbreaker, Greatest Hits. I own this record at 12 million records sold. This is a great Greatest Hits package. Got a lot of good stuff from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah, the only Tom Petty I own. Like MCA, Warner Brothers, they obviously knew what they were doing because MTV would show you a little bit. There was no internet, so it's not like you can go research what Tom Petty is. So I used to go to the record store and you know, you thumb through the records, go, okay, well, I saw the Don't Come Around Here No More video, but there's like 85 Tom Petty CDs. Like, I, I can't buy all 85 of these. And then you pick up our greatest hits, and it's like, oh, it's like nine ninety nine, and it's pretty much got the hits. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's clear to see where some of these record companies made their money because, you know, there's not a lot of money wrapped up in a greatest hits package i mean they're just basically taking master songs that they already paid for the recording of way back when and packaging them in a new package big deal you know so you figure the overhead on a greatest hits package is probably pretty low considering and these are the records that are selling you know multi-platinum diamond status right yeah absolutely yeah all right so Let's go to Samantha. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, 
G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K dot com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. So you heard the lady. Everybody's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go leave us a review at Podchaser. Leave us a review on the podcast. Leave us a review on the individual episodes, or leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. You can also leave us a recommendation on our Facebook page. We appreciate each and every one of you, and we do see them, and we do read them. So thank you for that. All right, so back to our main topic. We are going to go to number 46, Def Leppard's Hysteria. So we're 12 times platinum here. Released in 87, it was a four-studio album, spent three weeks at number one, and then it was re-released in 2018 and got to number 39. So I've got a question for you, Stephen. Yep. There was seven singles. Only one went number one. The seven singles were Animal, Women, Pour Some Sugar On Me, Hysteria, Armageddon It, Love Bites, and Rocket. Which one went number one? Uh, can you give me those a little bit slower? Animal, Women, Pour Some Sugar On Me, Hysteria, Armageddon It, Love Bites, Rocket. Um, well, I'm going to guess either Pour Some Sugar On Me. You get one guess, not either. Either Pour You get one guess. Are you done? Either pour some sugar on me or hysteria. And you would be wrong both times. Love Bites. Love Bites was number one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pour some sugar on me was number two because it was held off by Hold On to the Nights by Mr. Richard Marks. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. There's I do not like hysteria better than pyromania. I'm sorry. No, thank you. <laughs> but you own it. I do own it. I absolutely yep. do own it. Yeah. Yep. All right. So let's go to the next one. Number 45 from 1986, third studio album by the band Bon Jovi. So Slippery When Wet was a huge on MTV. You Give Love a Bad Name, Living on a Prayer, both went number one. It went number one for one week at the end of 86, the album did. And then went seven weeks, number one, starting in 1987. So it was on the charts for a while. I love it, love it, love it. How about you? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing I can say about it, you know, that, that other than they burned me out on it. It's a fantastic record. So definitely uh, open the door for a lot of people. That's right. And we're going to play a song that maybe you haven't heard too much. You know what? Love is a social disease. Love this song, paging Dr. Bon Jovi.
All right. So going to our next pick here, not pick, it's just next one on the list. Number 42 from 1969, Led Zeppelin's second studio album, which is named Led Zeppelin 2. Um, it was number one for a bunch of different weeks. It kind of went on and off, flip-flopping with Abbey Road, uh, Ramble On, uh, Heartbreaker, Lemon Songer on this uh, album, and a whole lot of love went number four on this album. So classic album, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I love this record. Yeah, 12 million copies. Yeah. The next one is Abbey Road. So number 41 is The Beatles' Abbey Road also sold 12 million copies, was going back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, because they were released, what's that, 27 days from each other. Love it. So it was going nuts. And what's crazy about the Beatles one is there was really only one single, which was Come Together, that went to number one. But, uh, you know, I Want You, She's So Heavy was on this album, and, you know, Abbey Road's a classic, so. Yeah, I love it. And then number 40 was Bruce Springsteen's Live 1975 to 1985. It was released in 86, and it was all on the heels of the Born in the USA momentum. So Born in the USA was a huge album we'll talk about later, but then right after that, he releases this uh, album in 86. It was all the hits. War was on this thing, released as a single, went to number eight, and it was a five-vinyl set. And if you got it on CD, it was a three-disc set. In total, it sold 13 million Bruce Springsteen, meh, that's for me though. Yeah, you know, I I got a handful of Springsteen songs that I downloaded uh, from the Greatest Hits package, but they're not live. I got the the uh, studio versions and, and I have a handful of songs. I mean, I'm not the hugest Springsteen fan. I do get it from a lot of uh, people that are huge fans. I understand, you know, he's the working class hero, right? I mean, he's blue collar. He's he's the pop version of Bon Jovi, essentially. Well, Bon Jovi's kind of the pop version of Bon Jovi, but you know, they're they're cut from the same cloth, I guess. I'm I'm saying, if I could rewrite history, I wish John Cougar was that guy, not this guy. Well, I think John Cougar, in a lot of ways, is as well. Uh, you know, he certainly has carved his own path as well. So he's right in there as well. So yeah, America or or public, I shouldn't say just America, but uh, I think uh, you know everybody likes the hardworking guy, right? You know, right. they they identify with the hardworking blue collar man. You know, gotcha. All right, that leads me to number 39, number 39, 1991, Pearl Jam 10, 13 times platinum. I own this record. I love this record. I got burned out on some of it, but there's a lot of good stuff on this record. And uh, yeah, I mean, just a, a great record. I don't own the record. I remember seeing the Jeremy video. I'm like, really? My sex, drugs, and rock and roll became this? Like, I, I can't I can't listen to Pearl Jam. Yeah, definitely a record of the times for sure. All right, so that brings us to 31. So we go 39 to 31. Uh, remember we said uh, some records are we're going to skip if they weren't rock and roll records or guitar-driven records, we're skipping them, so... We go 39 to 31, and we find Steve Miller Band's Greatest Hits, 74 to 78. 14 times platinum this damn thing is. 
I own it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a great record. It's the only Steve Miller I own, but it's a it's a fantastic record. There's some good stuff on it. How about you? Own it, classic. And yeah. just to give the listeners a little feel here, so remember he jumped from 31 to 39, 32 through 38. Baby, one more time. Backstreet Boys, self-titled. Twenty-one, Adele. Rope in the Wind, Garth Brooks. Millennium, Backstreet Boys. Purple Rain from Prince and Whitney Houston's first album. That's why we ain't talking about them. Yeah, and you know, we could have included Purple Rain in this, I think. I was going to, but I was like, all right, that's probably pushing it. Darling Nikki is not exactly guitar-driven. It's not, but I'll tell you what. I mean, you and I, let's let's not forget, we've done a Prince episode, and uh, I think you, you have to respect that guy as a crossover artist uh, in both rock and roll and uh uh, R&B and uh, uh, even some blues probably but yeah I mean I, w- I would have included that but I get why you didn't so yeah uh, so then we go from 31 to 30 and uh, the bat out of hell record uh, from meatloaf that was a huge record and we're at 14 million on this record so that was a huge record I've listened to that record I don't get it I, you know, I like some of it. I, I understand, you know, some of the songs on it, but I'll be honest, it just, uh, just not necessarily my thing. You, do you own this record? It is now time for spelling with Sonny. Y U C K. Yuck. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know where the hell you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> did I mispronounce something? What? <laughs> You know, because that's absolutely a possibility. I mispronounce shit all the time. And no, I'm not drinking. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yuck, right. yuck. Can't so, hear it. Yeah, I, just not my thing. So, uh, we go 30 to 28. We take a couple pops there and we hit the Beatles 62 to 66 greatest hits. I have this one. This is the one that's one of them's red and one of them's uh, blue, I think. They're double CDs, which this is. And this is 15 million. So we take another pop up the platinum chart. And now we've sold 15 million, but that's divided by two discs. So I uh, have it just because the kids. Yeah. I don't, you know, how many greatest hits do you have? I probably have three or four copies of, of each Beatles song at this point. So I don't know. But anyway. Uh, we go 28 to 27. This was a huge record. I had no idea that it was this huge, but, um, we're talking about 1999 Santana supernatural at 15 million records. Uh, this was the one with smooth on it and it had, I think, uh, Michelle branch and Santana song and, uh, a couple other things on this record as well. This was a huge record for Santana. This really brought him back into the kind of forefront. I mean, you saw Carlos on all kinds of shows after this record. Yeah, it was definitely his comeback. I own the record. I, I, I love this record. I think it's great. I actually don't own this record. I have some singles. I have uh, a handful of singles off this record, but I don't own the record, so. All right, so the next ones I got, uh, the Bay Area Brothers Journey, number 26, sold 15 million copies of a Greatest Hits album called Greatest Hits. Been on the Billboard 200 for 546 weeks before it got bounced. 
thanks to things like, you know, The Sopranos and Don't Stop Believing, I think was on like 15 different movies. And it is an amazing, amazing set of songs. Only the Young, Don't Stop Believing, Will in the Sky, Faithfully, I'll Be out without, All Right Without You, Any Way You Want It, Who's Crying Now, Separate Ways, Lights, Love and Touch and Squeezing, Open Arms, Girl Can't Help It, Send Her My Love, Be Good to Yourself. Unbelievable. And the song that we didn't mention is one of Steven's favorites, and we're playing it right now, Ask the Lonely.
Yeah, so this is a band that I foresee will do an episode on at some point in the future because Journey is just, you know, I don't really care if I never hear Don't Stop Believing again, but they're a band that has so much amazing material. Some of that old stuff. I love Journey. Escape was a huge album for me in high school. I'm not really a ballads guy, but as ballads go, they've written some classics. Uh, yeah, Ask the Lonely. I mean, it's just pop goodness in my opinion. All right, so the next one, number 25 from 1984, Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, sold 15 million copies, again had seven singles. So tell me which one went number one. Dancing in the Dark, Cover Me, Born in the USA, I'm on Fire, Glory Days, I'm Going Down, or My Hometown. That's a tough one. I either say Dancing in the Dark or Born in the USA. You would be incorrect on both because there was no number one hit, but they were all top ten. Oh, so you're trying to pull a trick me? That's right. It was a loaded question. <laughs> That's right. They were let me all... ask you something. Let me ask you something. Do you get a great deal of um, pleasure, happy, happiness out of uh, just tricking me? Is that yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> oh, you're you're an asshole. <laughs> but is it? You got to admit though that I, I'm not a huge Springsteen fan. But seven singles that go top ten—that's damn good. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. So. Next one, number 23, 1973's Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. It charted actually three times. It was number one in 73, the album was. It was number 23 in 75 a couple of years later. Then it got re-released, and it was number 12 in 2011. Sold 15 million copies. Money was on this album, which went number 13. Money and Us and Them are the only two songs I know, and I do not own this album. This was a huge record, man. I remember this record being on the charts forever. That's what I remember most about this record. I don't own it. I don't own too much Pink Floyd. I have a handful of songs. I'm not a huge Floyd fan. I respect them, but I just they're a little bit too mellow, a little bit too moody for me, and just never was a huge fan. Yeah. All right, number 22, 1975's Physical Graffiti by Led Zeppelin. So there's six studio album, went number one in 75 for six straight weeks, and then it got remastered in 2015 and went number 11 there. Uh, had one single trampled underfoot, but Cashmere was on this album too. I don't own it, but I know those two songs, and uh, I'm assuming most Zeppelin fans have this. Own it, 16 million, awesome record. Yeah. Next one, number 19 from 1991, Metallica's Black Album. Fifth studio album. Everybody knows Bob Rock was involved in this album. Uh, it was number one in 91. It didn't get re-released, but somehow it hit number 95 in 2017, and then it was on the charts in 2018. So must be because of the tours and stuff. Had five singles. None of them topped, even in the top 10. The best one was Enter Sandman at number 16. But, uh, of course, I own this album. Hell, I have this album in cassette, CD, <laughs> album, picture disc. Uh, I don't think it came in 8-track. And there's your 16 million. Should have taken the points on the record, Bob Rock. <laughs> yeah. Is this the record he didn't take the points on? 
No, he didn't take the points on this one. I think Ooh. he talked about that. Ooh. That's bad. <laughs> All right, you're up. All right, so we go from 19 to 18, the Beatles 67 to 70. This must be the blue one, probably the blue or the red one. I don't know. This is 17 million records, so we popped up another million notch here. This is two disc set. And we go from 18 to 16, and 16 is very important in my growing up rock years. I've talked about it before. This is one of two records that I bought with my own money that I will say are my first rock and roll albums. The second one was The Cars Debut, and then there's this one from 1976, Boston's Debut. 17 million records sold, a perfect record in my opinion. Give a listen to this classic tune. Oh! 
Yeah, I own the first couple of Boston records at Untouchable. I mean, that, that's amazing stuff. And to think this guy recorded it in his basement on his own back in the 70s. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Rock and roll band, man. What an awesome album. What an awesome tune. Then we go from Boston and number 16, and we hop up three notches to number 13 for 1987's Appetite for Destruction by Guns N' Roses. 18 million records. That's almost double diamond. That's crazy shit. One of the best albums I own. Definitely, definitely own it. Definitely, definitely a Desert Island record for both of us, I'm sure, and a lot of other people as well. Nothing more to say that hadn't been said about that record. (laughs) Um, We go 13 to 11 for 1977's Fleetwood Mac Rumors. And this is Double Diamond at 20 million. And I do own... Uh, several songs off this, but do not own the complete record. Yeah, Fle- I have the album. Uh, Fleetwood Mac is okay. I like the hits. Yeah, I like some of the non-hits because I'm quite frankly I'm tired of a lot of the hits. I like the hits. I like uh, a lot of them, but there's a couple of songs that I like that are not hits that I just I enjoy. I like Fleetwood Mac. They're good. Then we go from 11 to number 8, another Desert Island record easily for a lot of people. ACDC's Back in Black from 1980. 22 million copies sold. Just a perfect record. People are burned out on it at this point because, I mean, let's face it, do we need to hear You Shoot Me All Night Long or Back in Black anymore? Some would say we don't need to even hear Hell's Bells anymore, but God damn it, I just love Hell's Bells. Shoot to Thrill, Have a Drink on Me, Rock and Roll Ain't Noise Pollution, Giving the Dog a Bone. I mean, God damn it, there's nothing else you can say about this record. Perfect record. Yeah, and this one, I got cassette, album, <laughs> picture this, CD, 8-track. Yeah. I I think I I might have two or three albums. Yeah. Of this same, I don't know why I kept buying the same thing over and over, but yeah, it's a classic. And you're up next. Yep. What you got? Pull us in home. So number six is 1979's The Wall by Pink Floyd. So their 11th studio album, Bob Ezrin's involved all over this thing, 23 times platinum. This is the one that had another brick in the wall. I don't own this record. You know, I talked about not being a Pink Floyd fan all that much, and I really don't own a ton of Pink Floyd, but I will tell you my one memory with The Wall growing up is that I do recall calling the radio station and requesting another brick in the wall because I did, I did love that song uh, when I was a kid. I loved uh, We Don't Need No Education. Yeah, I, I called the radio station and requested that song quite a bit, but I don't own the record. All right, so next is number five, 1971's Led Zeppelin Four, Led Zeppelin. All right, so this record, it went to number two on the Billboard 200. So it's number five selling all time, sold 23 million copies, but it could not get past Carole King's Tapestry album to get to number one. 
Miss Scott Stairway to Heaven, Black Dog, Misty Mountain Hop, Rock and Roll. Uh, so we've heard all those songs. And I honestly was going to pick the Led Zeppelin version of this song, but then, you know, there's a lot of people that are influenced by Led Zeppelin, a lot of these bands. So I actually picked a cover. So this is a cover by Glenn Hughes, Steve Fister, Tony Franklin, Frankie Benali, off a tribute called 247365, the tribute to Led Zeppelin, songs called Four Sticks.
Yeah, so as amazing as those players are, it's complete blasphemy to put a cover song of the great Led Zeppelin. You, I mean, good God. You, you, boo. Good God, dude. You got a million Led Zeppelin records on this list. You couldn't find one song to play from nope. this band. Nope. Don't make me play a Beatles cover. Jesus. Good gosh. I'm sorry. I apologize to all the rock and roll purists out there. Whatever. My co-host, he doesn't, you know, sometimes he's just a little lax. Whatever. <laughs> where, where are we going? I, you, you talked about Carol King's uh, Tapestry. I actually have that record. That's a that's a great record. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, uh, next up, number four's The Beatles, self-titled basically. So I guess you would call it, is this the White Album? No. Yeah, this is called the White Album. Yeah. So uh, nice studio album. Was number one, obviously, in 68. It's got back in the USSR, birthday, Helter Skelter Revolution. I mean, this has got some of the, and it was reissued like five times. One of the biggest Beatles albums ever. 24 times platinum. Yep, I own it. I own one of those records for sure. And I own it too. Uh, next up, number three. So two of the top three are owned by the same band. So number three is... 1976's Hotel California by the Eagles. This had New Kid in Town, which went number one. Hotel California went number one. Life in the Fast Lane went number 11. And uh, it's probably their absolute masterpiece. Love it. 26 million albums sold. Unbelievable. Love it. Own it. And the number one album on the Diamond Certification list, and this is including all the non-rock stuff, so number one and two is flip-flopped for the last five or ten years a couple of times. But the number one as it stands today is the Eagles' Greatest Hits, 71 to 75. It was released in February of 76. It was their first compilation. It's got Take It Easy, Witchy Woman, Lion Eyes, Already Gone, Desperado, One of These Nights, nice, Kill Sunrise, Take It to the Limit, Peaceful Easy Feeling, Best of My Love. These are all songs that are staple in anybody who grew up in the 70s or 80s, have heard these songs. If you listen to any kind of classic rock radio, these songs are played all the time. 38 million albums sold. And yes, it is sold more than Michael Jackson's Thriller. God dang, that Don Henley doesn't need to work another day in his life, does he? No, he does not. <laughs> so anybody that says they're out there torn because they need the money, negative. <laughs> they do not. <laughs> Damn, man. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm telling you, man, that, that documentary is well worth going and checking out. Uh, it really is a good documentary. There's some great footage and uh, good information. You'll have a new respect. If you're not an Eagles fan now, you might be after you watch the documentary. I love the, the Eagles. So Awesome. Well, that's it, man. That took us forever, but by golly, we got through it. Yeah, and I got to tell you, you know, being a rock fan, I'm proud that there's 121 diamond certified albums out there and 50 of them are rock inspired and yep. you could maybe make a case for another five or so. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We'll never see that time again. All right. So it's time for. You wanted the best and you got the best. The hottest band in the world. Kiss. It's time for your historic moment on Growing Up Rock. 
Okay, so the Kiss Dork moment. Uh, no, Kiss does not have any Diamond Records. That's unfortunate. But they do have three multi-platinum albums. Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits was a multi-platinum album, believe it or not. Yes, Let's Put the X in Sex and Make Me Rock Hard were on a platinum <laughs> album, yes. Um, Destroyer was multi-platinum, and Alive 2 was multi-platinum. So we're going to go with a fave of mine from Alive 2, Side 4, Rocket Ride. <laughs>
Wow. So the first Kiss Alive uh, never went platinum or multi-platinum? No, because it's gone platinum. It hasn't gone multi-platinum because you remember it's only, I think it's only two albums where Alive 2 was four albums. Okay, and they get extra. Or two albums. No, I think they both have two albums. So the other one must not be multi-platinum. No, they both have two albums because they all have four sides. Yeah, I don't know. That's really, really surprising to me. I wonder if we uh, screwed a stat on that somewhere. No, I mean, I looked at it over (laughs) and over and over. I would have picked Rocket Ride anyway. I wouldn't yeah, have picked I, anything off of the first alive. Yeah, album. it's just uh it's just surprising to me that yeah. the first alive is not, you know, I mean that's you would agree that's the more well known of the two live records, right? Um I think you would get argument on that, but I would agree with that, yes. But I think you yeah. would get argument on that. Huh. Depends on when you came in. Yeah, I guess that's true with anything. Yeah. But yeah. All right. Well, awesome. Well, I mean, this has been an interesting uh, episode. You know, I hope people enjoyed our little trip. It's definitely a little bit different uh, set of music discussion as opposed to what we normally talk about. But I thought it was interesting. Uh, yeah, and plus, we played ZZ Top, Eagles, Bon Jovi, Journey, Boston. We never play those. Yeah, that's what I like about it. It's kind of cool. We're, we're about rock and roll. So that was rock and roll. All right. Well, cool. You about ready to close this thing out? Yeah, I think this one's done. All right. Well, who wants to shuffle, rattle, and roll? Oh, I will shuffle, rattle, and roll. Shuffle and rattle and roll us out of here, baby. All right. Later. Later. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys. Hey, Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart Then you can start to make it better Hey Jude, don't be afraid You were made to go out and get her The minute you let her under your skin
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.